This is a Gemara in Gitin, Dafnun Zayn. It also comes up in Sanhedrin. The Gemara is listing a group of people from Tanakh that were up to no good, and yet uh, they had a good end. There were good things that uh, emerged from them. For example, Naaman was a Ger of Naaman originally harassed the Yid in the times of Elisha, and then he was cured by toiling in the Yardane, in the waters of the Jordan, through the advice of Elisha. And Naaman then said, you know what, apparently God, you know, God's for real. He became a Ger Toshev, a guy who keeps uh, the Zion mitzvahs, the seven mitzvahs. Nevuzaradon, Nevuzaradon was the chief butcher of Nebuchadnezzar, made, laid the siege against Yerushalayim in the destruction of the first base Amiktush. Nevuzaradon killed hundreds of thousands of, of Yidin. That was under his direction. And yet, the end was Ger Tzedekai, he became a full-fledged Jew. Wow. One of the greatest butchers of Jewish blood became a full-fledged Jew. The Gemara speaks about the story why How he did happened? that. Wow. When he, well, the story was when he entered the Beis HaMikdash, he saw there was a little pool of blood that oh, was still gurgling. bubbling. It seemed fresh. Yeah. And he asked, what is this? So the Kainim said it's some uh, from lambs, some goat blood, carbonous blood. It just spilled on the floor. He brought some other animals and he uh, compared the two and they were not identical. He said, you better tell me what this is or I'll kill you all. So they told him 200 years ago, there was a Novi, Zechariah, Ben Yehoyada, and he gave prophecies of doom, forewarning the, 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 yeah, the coming destruction. The Yidin were already, had descended into idolatry. And the Yidin were so upset that they actually pounced upon him and killed him in the Azorah of the Beis HaMikdash. And the blood never stopped seething. And Nebuzaradan said, Zechariah, I'm going to avenge your blood. And he killed many, many people. And ultimately he said to himself, if because Zechariah was murdered by Yidin, therefore God allowed me to kill all these Jews, Imagine what's wow. going to happen to me if I killed all of these Jews. Wow. And he decided, you know what? It's time to convert. <laughs> By the way, in the time to the Baal Shem Tev, there was a fellow, a big Litvish Agon, a, a genius in learning and a, a holy man, and he was murdered by Goyim. And the Baal Shem Tev students asked him, what's this all about? Why did God let that happen? And the Baal Shem Tev said that in the story of Zechariah, how did the Yidin have the audacity to gang up on the Novi and, and take his life? There was the head of the Sanhedrin then, whose name was whatever. And when he heard Zechariah prophesize about the impending doom, he went over to Zechariah, he slapped him across the face, he said, Amaretz, ignorant one, who gave you the right to prophesize? And that gave the Yidin the audacity to, to kill the Navi. So the Baal Shem Tev said, when that happened, it was decreed upon this head of the Sanhedrin that his soul will have to come down to this world many times. And each time he's going to be killed by Goyim. Wow. And this Lutfish Adov, he had that soul. Anyhow. Eglon was killed. Eglon was stabbed. Eglon. Eglon was a Moyavi king. Oh. oh wow. Okay, we'll take uh
Take five. Station identification. All right, anyway, let's let's go right. Let's get right into it. So, the Gemara says you have Naaman the Buzaradan. Then it says Mibnei Bon of Shalhaman from Haman's Eneklach Lamdu Torah Bebnei Brak. They taught Torah in Bnei Brak. So this is an important statement. From Haman's Eneklach, they were teaching Torah in Bnei Brak. We'll see why that's so important in a minute. Let's just finish the statement. This is a Bryce we're quoting, or a Tosefta. Continues the Gemara. In Sefer Shoftim, you have the story of Sisra, who harassed the Eden, tormented the Jews for decades. And ultimately, his downfall came with the woman Yael and with the Devoira at that time. Sisra's Eneklech, Limdu Tinoikis, taught kids Birushalayim. The Gemara doesn't identify who Haman's Enekel was and who Sisra Enekel was. It does say the following though. Mibnei Bonav, Nermeir came from Niroin, 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 Kesar, not these people. Mibnei Bonav Shel Sancheirev, from Sancheirev's Eneklech, Sancheirev we know, was about two-thirds of the way into the first base Amikdash. He was involved in exiling the ten tribes in the northern kingdom. And then he wanted to fight against the southern kingdom of the Yidin, which was ruled then by the king Chizkiyo. And Sancheidev failed. He was killed by his own kids after his failure. But either way, his Eneklech Limdu Torah Brabim taught Torah publicly. It doesn't say the location, Bnei Brak or Yerushalayim, like it says about Hommans and Sisra's kids. But it says Barabim. And here it says, the Gemara says, Man Inun, who are the Eneklech of Sancheidev? Shemayan Avtalian, Shemayan Avtalian, who we know in Pikiovis, they were Gerim. And they came from Sanchedev's family, from Asher. But it doesn't identify Homan's Eneklich or Sisra's Eneklich. So Ravnisim Gon, Ravnisim Gon was, was, was in the first generation of the Rishonim. He was born in the end of the 10th century, he lives in Al Kairun. Al Kairun is in Tunisia. And the Chidot actually says a beautiful thing. The Chidot says he was really the generation after the Ga'inim. The Ga'inim ended with Rav Haigon, who passes away in the year 1038. And uh, anyone younger is really the next generation, which is the first generation of the Rishonim, or they were known then as the Rabbonim, the first generation of Rabbonim. So Rav Nisim Gon, how did he get the title Gon? He was passed, he was the generation after the Ga'inim. So the Chidor says that he had a very deep relationship with Rav Hai Gon, who lived in Bovel, in Iraq. And Rav Nisim Gon is a bocher in Tunisia. But he sent so many letters and he was so makusher. He had such a close relationship with Rav Hai Gon that he even had Rav Hai's last name. He got the name. He got the name. Because he was so close to his Rebbe. Which means when a chassid goes down the street, you know, you carry the Rebbe's name with you. That's what the Chidot says, fascinating thing. Either way, Rav Nisim Gon wrote a commentary on, that we have on some Masechtas of Gemara, and in his commentary, Masechta Brachas, what? The Rav's name was also Rabbeinu Nisim, same name, but he was a couple hundred years later. He was in Spain in the 1300s. So same name, both Nisim, right, they're both Nisim. Rav Nisim Gon says, who was Sisra's Enekul? It was Rabbi Akiva. It was Rabbi Akiva. And this requires a whole shiur on its own, but just to tell you an incredible thing that the Kabbalists say, why was Sisra so invincible? Sisra used to roar and, and uh, walls would collapse in front of him. Why was he so invincible? Because he had the power of Rabbi Akiva inside of him. 
you'll see what that means. Sisra has a war with the Yidin. The Yidin are led by Devoira, the prophetess, and uh, her husband, Borok. And uh, the Yidin overpower the Goyim. Sisra runs for his life. He sees the tent of his friend, Hever, who was married to Yael. Yael, comes, Yael says, come to the tent. I'll take care of you. It's a sanctuary. Hold on, his father was. So Yael then uh, tires him out and has intimacy with him seven times till he was so weak that she, and then she takes her, she blunges him to death, you know. Why was it, Sisra was invincible and all of a sudden a woman is able to kill him? So the Ramemi Pano, the great Kabbalist from Menachem Azari of Pano says, the reason he was invincible is because he had Rabbi Akiva inside of him. When Yael had intimacy with him and took his seed, no ultimately she conceived the ancestor of Rabbi Akiva. So that's why Sisra became like a, a, a floppy latka. He lost all of his strength at that moment. He came like mashed potato because his strength was literally removed from him, physically removed. And ultimately, Yael has a kid, and that's the ancestor of Rabbi Akiva. But what about who's Homon's Enochal teaching Torah in Bnei Brak? So in the Ein Yaakov, the Ein Yaakov is a collection of all the Agadot of Gemara. It was put together by Rabbi Yankov Chaviv in the end of the 1400s. In it, his version, it says who it is. His name was Rav Shmuel, the son of Shelas. He was a teacher. We know he was a teacher. The Gemara Barbasa speaks about he was the famous person that even after years of being away from his students, he never stopped thinking about his students. And we'll see why this is years. significant. 13 years. Uh, right. And we'll see why this is significant. By the way, you know, back, real Rosh Hashivas, even decades, decades later, would see their old Talmidim and uh, remember their names. Remember, they would say about Baruch Ber Leibovitz, who was a big Rosh Hashiva before the Holocaust. He was one of the greatest students of Reb Chaim Brisker. And the Friedrich Rebbe says beautiful things, beautiful things about Baruch Ber. The Rebbe met him and they had to, he was incredible gone. And yet we actually have a, he looks like, you know, he has his hair, white hair flying. He looks like the Rogachev, white oh, yeah. hair flying everywhere. He was an incredible mind and huge scholar. A beautiful picture of him in the forest sitting flanked by students and these students were teenagers and they look modern for the time but you see them flanking and they loved him and he was just and uh, he was known 30 40 years after having not seen a student he would remember the student he would remember every conversation he had with the student and he would it's not just he would remember he would talk to the student and just pick up where they left off ask him how's it going the Bachram really felt not only that he cared for them but he knew them he knew them like through and through he and didn't see, live till the whole I don't know exactly what year he passed away but sometime in the 30s um, there's a beautiful story that the Rebbe met him but we gotta stick to we gotta stick to the task at hand so Rav Shmuel Bar Shailas, he is the Enakul of Homa now why his name is important you'll see I didn't know the Enyakim he has versions, different versions. He also wrote a commentary. The big chiddush of is he wrote a commentary in the Gadotah called Hakosiv, the writer. So if you have the En Yankov, there's a commentary on the side was written by him. So that was his uh, a big contribution. In the text, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we often have different versions. The Ein Yaakov, part of what he did was he wanted to give, in those days, this is the, the printing press had just begun, you know, without electricity. The printing press had just begun. 
and uh, but who had anything? You know, who had Gemaras? So, uh, and many people weren't able to learn Gemaras, at least to have the Agadita available. And he made sure to to give an um, authoritative text uh, as exact as possible as he was able as he was able to do. Fine. So, Rabbi said, "What's the problem with this?" The problem with this is the following, and this question has been asked for at least 500 years, and there's hundreds of answers. What's the question? We'll begin with this question. There's a story in Sefer Shmuel. The death of Shaul, very sad story. It's written twice in Sefer Shmuel, in the end of Shmuel Aleph and the beginning of Shmuel Beis, the story of the death of, Shmuel, of, of Shaul. Shaul was at a war with the Plishtim. <coughs> Shaul knew he was going to die the day before he had summoned Shmuel through, with the, the, through the, 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 ne the necromancy. He had summoned Shmuel from the dead and Shmuel had told him you're going to die tomorrow. He knew he was dying. The Plishtim weren't too far so he tells his attendant, could you kill me? And the attendant says, ah, I can't do that. So Shaul says, I'll do it myself. He sticks his sword in the ground and he falls upon it. But uh, it was a failed suicide attempt. He missed his heart, missed his lungs. He was, it was a failed, but he couldn't move. You know, he was uh, maybe paralyzed himself. He couldn't get himself up. And now he knew that he's going to be alive for a couple hours. The plishtim are going to get hold of him. And who knows what they're going to do to him, torture, this and that. They'll lynch him, skin him, who knows. So there was another fellow walking by. And Shaul asked him, please do me, I'm dying. Please finish me off. And the guy finished him off. At that time, while Shaul was fighting with the Plishtim, David HaMelech, the, the whole kingdom of Shaul was only about two and a half years, the whole thing. And at that time when Shaul died in the war with the Plishtim, David himself was waging a war against Amalek. Now, I, a year before then, Shaul himself had a famous war with Amalek and he killed everyone. We're going to read in this Haftarah, except... Uh, except uh, the animals, some of the animals, but that, that, that was only one area of Amalek. It was not the entire nation, it was one area. David now, a year later, was fighting a different area, uh, Amalekim. So why do we learn that, that, that every, every Amalek continued only because of that one person who had left? Magician in Haman Punkt came from that union. Haman came from that union, from Agag. But there were others. Now, David did a good job, though, knocking them off a year later in this other area, an area called Siklov. Either way, this is how Shmuel Bez opens up. David is there fighting with Amalek, and all of a sudden, a fellow comes running, you know, he's, 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 <coughs> sorry, his shirt is torn, he's out of breath, he's sweating, he's blood everywhere. He says, David, you'll never believe it. Your nemesis, Shoal, is dead. David says, how do you know? I killed him. Hmm. That's a good question. Wait, wait, so let's see. So David asked, then asked him, who are you? And the fellow said, I am the son of an Amaleki. My father's from Amalek. He was Megayer, a ger, and I'm his child. David responds, Picha Anabach, your mouth has testified against you. He kills him. Why did David kill him? So the simple reading of the story is David killed him because he killed Shaul. David, in fact, told him, how, how could you not have been afraid to, you think I hated Shaul. Shaul was a great Tamacham. Shaul was a righteous man. Shaul was anointed by Shmuel. Shaul was anointed by God. 
Why weren't you afraid to harm the anointed one of God? So it seems like David killed the guy because of the guy's act of murder. On the other hand, wait a second. If someone has a mortal wound that they're going to die from, they're called a trefa. If you kill them, it's, you don't get capital punishment. You didn't tell them that. <coughs> well, Psukim, is, Psukim are cryptic. You probably told him the whole story. I thought he was and definitely before David's about to kill him, he probably said, well, let me tell you what happened. The guy was a trefa. I thought he was too gleeful when he reported it because he thought David would be happy. And that's why David... So he was mistaken. So he thought he 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 made the emes. He thought David Otaka be happy. He was loyal to David, and David pays him back with how does that work? He was loyal, not just that. When he killed Shaul, he Shaul begged him to do it. So you're gonna say he killed the king. The king asked him to. On the other hand, a king can't forego his honor. A king can't be moichel on his honor. But Shaul was saying it's my honor to kill me because if you don't, who knows what they're gonna do? Horrible. Oh, so therefore comes the medrash known as the Mechilta, which is a halachic medrash on Sefer Shemais. On Parshas B'Shalach, where you have the war of Amalek with the Yidin, where Hashem says, Melchem Hashem Amalek, Midor, I'm going to fight with Amalek, it's a personal war. The Mechilta there quotes a statement from Rabbi Eliezer, the great town of Rabbi Eliezer, Bekiva's teacher. Rabbi Eliezer says the following, <coughs> that after Amalek attacked the Yidin when we left Mitzrayim, God took an oath. He said, any guy that wants to convert will accept. Not from Amalek. No converts from Amalek. And says Rabbi Eliezer, you know why David killed this guy? This guy identified himself from Amalek. I, his father, converted. The conversion didn't take effect. It's a faulty conversion. It doesn't work if you're from Amalek. David was in the middle of destroying Amalek, so he killed him because he was Amalek. That's what Rebbe says, which means Rebbe gives the halacha, you can't accept a ger from Amalek. So the million-dollar question is, Sahak would Haman, who's from Amalek, have Eneklech that are teaching Torah in Bnei Brak? So, 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 so one of my Borchim said, well, who's... Who said, he, who said they were Megayer? They were still teaching Torah in Bnei Brak. A bunch of Amalekim teaching Torah in Bnei Brak. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they weren't were talking one Megayer. Amalekim. Right. <laughs> now, why do we assume Haman's from Amalek? The reason we assume that is because Haman in the Megillah is referred to as Haman ben Amdasa. Ha-Agogi. Agogi is, is the king of Amalek. Now, it happens to be that... Many say that every king from Amalek is known as Agag, not just the Agag that Shoal was busy with. You know, I'll, tell, I'll tell you, when I was younger, I wondered in Parshas Bilam, Parshas Bolok, but in, this, in, the, in the prophecies of Bilam, Bilam says the words, Ma'agag Malkoi, the Jewish king will be greater than Agag. And I always wondered as a kid, why isn't that clear proof that the Torah foresaw the future? This Pasuk was written many years before the story of Shaul and Agag. And the Torah, it's the only place in the whole Torah where it's a direct um, prophecy about the future. And how come no one talks about it? So this happened many years ago, and then I, I checked up that uh, every king from Amalek was called Agag. Just like all the kings of Boshan were called Oig, all the kings of Mitzrayim called Paroi. All the kings of Plishtim are called Avimelech. Avram's busy with Avimelech. Yitzchak's Avimelech is not the same guy. That was the title. The name of the position was Avimelech. 
in the Plishtim. So too by Amalek, it was Agag. Food. It was Agag. They also say Haman is a title. Some no. people say. Haman itself. Yeah, as a title. The is a Greek name. All right. Yeah. But, but, a few, a few yeah, there were a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that could, but that could be a Zay and Enoch yeah. was named after yeah. the Zay. They were right run after each other. Just like that, there were three Daryavishes. They were named after each other. Also Achashverish. The Vilna Gon says, why do we say Vayihi Bimeh Achashverish? He is Achashverish. Why the double expression? Because there were few Achashverishim. So the Megillah is telling you, it was in the days of Achashverish. Which one? The one that ruled over 127 countries. Not his Eidah that was only a king in Media or Persia. Anyhow. So, uh, Haman is called Hagagi. Agag is the king of Amalek. So Haman's an Amaleki. So if Haman's from Amalek, how could his Enochlech have taught Torah in um, be, 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 in Jeru- in uh, in Bnei Brak, the Medrash, Rabbi Eliezer says, Rabbi Eliezer says in the Medrash that you cannot accept a ger from a Amalek. It's a question, simple question. No, but you can have a Jewish girl with an Amaleki guy. So, we're, we're, so, okay. so there is a sefer that came out called Ner Lemea, the candle for 100. 100 answers to this question. For this question? Just for this question. Just for this question. Can you get all 100 answers? It's We're going to go through 50 of them. Yeah, yeah, collect it, yeah, collect yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, so, so I'll, I'll just... A whole safer just dedicated to this question? When he made it, it was this. By now, it's ready like this. You know? Everyone has their own answers. This. That's incredible. Yeah. A hundred... Hello, there was Rabbi Yosef Engel. We're going to see Rabbi Yosef Engel was a Hasidic goin in the times of the Rebbe Hashab. Sure? Yeah, yeah, a thousand percent sure. Yeah, yeah. The times of my father. Rabbi Yosef, that Rabbi Tadavam's father used to go on spatsirs, used to walk, with. to accompany Yosef Engel. Rabbi Yosef Engel was one of the biggest goinim before the war. You know, the Rebbe would speak about and compare and contrast him and the Rogachava. You know, they were in a different world. Rabbi Yosef Engel wrote a sefer called Gvurais Shemoinim. You, when, you, when, when you're 80 years old, you're, right. It took one kasha, 80 answers. Wow. Some of his answers are 20-page pulpulim, just to come up with another answer. <coughs> Some of the, in other words, the first couple, you, you know, answer what 32 question? is like a 20-page yeah, pulpulim. It was a question about, um, he wrote another one called Shivan Panim Latayra. One of them was about, there's an opinion in Gemara who holds that even the owner of a carbon can disqualify their carbon by piggle. Usually it's the Koyan that does If the Koyan has something negative in mind when he shechts. Or, but the owners, according to one opinion, even the owner, wow. even while you're doing the avoida, when you're throwing the blood, if the owner has in mind then that I'm going to eat the meat at a wrong time, it, then a soita, according to the opinion that the woman first has to bring, she brings a carbon mincha out of flour. And according to one opinion, the waters that she drinks will only affect her after she brings the carbon. But she could always invalidate the carbon. Uh-huh. That was the kasha. Okay. Really? Yeah. No, the kasha is nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you think the kasha is the answer? It's the answer. Yeah, you can't imagine. Some of the answers are 20 page pulpulim. It goes through the entire Torah, chidushim and chidushim. And after, you know, a million word essay. And now we have another answer. Now we have answer number 35, you know? It's his. Uh, Oh, so one of his students said, you think he came up with 80 answers, 
So therefore he called the Sefer Gvuda Shmeinim? No. He wanted to call the Sefer Gvuda Shmeinim. Hey, if he would have called it Ben Meir the Esher, it would 120 answers, you know? Ben Elif? In other words... Uh, you like that name? The Megala Amukis, the Megala Amukis has a thousand explanations on the small Aleph in Vayikra. Thousand? And 252 explanations on Ebrona. When Moshe in Vayeshanan, Ebrona, let me go into Eretz Yisro. Yeah. Right, right. right. You come up with the title for the shir and then make the shir? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, fine. Megala Amukis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you imagine? (laughs) 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 And then you said we had a whole shir about the two sins in Yisoscha, right? A whole shir. Can you imagine? A thousand, a thousand shir (laughs) on the small aleph. All right. How did he remember from the first one that he didn't repeat himself one time throughout the thousand answers? Well, lots of the things are. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, it's shivim ponim l'toyre. I'm but no, but it's more because this, this it's shivan ponim and shat remez. Uh, uh, not, no, not that I believe. So you were saying, yeah. Anyhow, could it be the Hama because oh, okay. he was killed? He would have to be. It could have been. The yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's okay. So so right off the bat, there's actually one source here. I didn't put a number. The bottom left of the first page is a Rambam. Nebuchadnezzar stuck in the corner, no source. So we're actually going to start with that one just to... It's a Rambam, okay? It's a Rambam in Hilchus Isure Bia. The Rambam is discussing any guy that wants to convert, no problem. However, can any guy that converts marry into the fold? Not so fast. Most, yeah. There are a couple nations that there's a... There's a temporary uh, red light. And he says, Mitzri va'adoimi, if a, a male or a female is Megayer, and you know they're from Mitzrayim, or from Edom, which is Esau's family, Echod's Chodim, Echod, Nekevis, whether a boy or a girl, they can only marry the other people that are on the outlines, other Geirim or this and that. But Dur Rish and Dur Sheni, them and their kids, Asur and Lovay Bisrol, cannot marry into the fold. They're Jewish. And they could marry other gay, but they can't marry into the kahal, into the regular fold. But Dor Shlushi, the grandchildren can, Mutter. Shenem, Marts, Apostolk, and Kiseid say, the Hashem says very clearly, Bonim Lehem Dorsh, the third generation can marry in. Now, the Rambam speaks about Mitzri, Adoimi, also Ammon and Moyev. It's more serious. By Ammon and Moyev, the women are allowed to marry into the fold right away. The men never. The wow. men never. Now we don't know who's from Ammon and Moyev, so it's not applicable anymore. What? If you know for sure, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing though. That's all the Rambam says. It's all the Rambam says. So the Chidor, the Chidor, he has a Sefer. Whenever I forget the name of the Sefer, I remember the name. It's called the Ein Zoycher. I don't remember. It's with an Ayin though. Ayin Zoycher, Ein Zoycher. I once said that joke and nobody got the joke. <laughs> Anyhow, but uh, in his Sefer, Ein Zoicher, he has a piece about Arkasha. He says, ah, the Rambam speaks about Amun Moyev, Mitzri, Adoimi. The Rambam doesn't give any limitations to Amalek. Amalek is part of Edom. Amalek was Esau's uh, grand. Esau had a son, Eliphaz. Eliphaz has a concubine, Timnah. They have a son, Amalek. 
The Rambam in this parak and Allah is before discussing those that are Megayer, and he gives no limitation to Amalek, he just gives him the general rule of Edom. Says the Chidor, you know what Pshat is? The Rambam was bothered by a contradiction between the Mechilta, which has Rabbi Eliezer's opinion that you can't take a gear from Amalek, but the Gemara that says Haman's Eneklach apparently converted. So the Rambam understood the Samachlaikis. And if, and if it's Machlekev between the Gemara and the Medrash, we go like the Gemara. So therefore the Rambam knew we don't paskin like Rebbe Leezer and the Medrash, and we hold that if someone's a Megai from it's Amolik, like it's like anyone else from Esav. So that's the Chidah. So according to the Chidah, the Rambam Taka doesn't paskin like this Medrash of Rebbe Leezer. I, the story of David, well, if you look at the Rambam in Hilchus Sanhedrin... It's not the Rambam that has a problem, it's the Chidah that has a problem. No, but what's the Chidah? Right, no, but, but if the Rambam well, isn't going to fit, that means his hypothesis doesn't right, work. Right. The Rambam himself in the Halachas of Sanhedrin says, he asks how David killed... He says it was Hayrasha, the power of a Melech. He doesn't say what exactly it was, Hayrasha. So you see, the Rambam was bothered about the story. Right. It can't because he was because Amalek. It was because he murdered Shaul. But it doesn't fit with the general rules of murder. Shaul was going to die. So the Rambam says it was a raw shot. King has, you know, for the David felt he needs to put his foot down at the time. It was necessary. Why does Rambam give that answer? Because he can't learn it was because the guy was not Malachi. Because Rambam doesn't pass him like that medrash. That's the chidah. Fine. Off the bat. But at that point also is considered a melech. The second Shaul dies, no? Okay. Okay. The yes, Mishnah so. Lamelech has a long arichas. David was already anointed as king while Shaul was alive. And there's a big Shiloh, so were they both kings at the same time? When Shaul anointed, when Shmuel anointed David while Shaul was alive, <coughs> what anointment was that? Was that only that I'm anointing you now and the effect will only take place when Shaul's out of, when Shaul's out of the picture? Or he was already a king? So the Mishnah Lamelech has a long, he has a no, sefer called Prashas Drachim, where he has Pulpulim and all the stories of Tanakh. And he goes through many of the stories that happened with David. And many of the debates he had with other people was all of all uh, ringing around this argument. Was he a king? Was he not a king? But either way. Either way, at that point, he was the king. Yeah. He was a grandson. No, Ben, no. But this is way before the story of Haman. Unless, no, unless he was. You're saying, what was the question, Bechlal? No, he was By going, he go after the father. No, who was His mother wasn't a Jewish woman. Why is it not two generations? Oh, 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 oh. The sugar popcorn. That's by Ace of Bechlal. That's by Ace of Is this guy past the generations? Well, wait. If you pass, hold on. If yeah, it, no. If you pass him like the Eliezer in the Medrash, the father's gerus was worthless. It's not gerus. There's still regular Amalekim. According to Eliezer, gerus cannot take has no halachic effect on Amalekim. The Chidor says the Rambam disagrees. The Rambam holds it does. That's all in the Rambam. No, because the Rambam holds that the gerus takes effect. The next son, not the grandson. No, 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 no. Also. No, 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 no. It's just for marriage, for marriage, marrieging into the fold. Hold on, let's take Mitzrayim, let's take Mitzrayim, let's take Mitzrayim, for example. If someone's Megai from Mitzrayim, they're a Jew right away. They can't marry a regular Jewish woman till the till the third generation. But the Geirus takes effect right away. The Chidor says the Rambam holds, so too all of Esav's Eneklech, Amolek included, the Geirus takes effect right away. But the, th- the, the, the statute of waiting till the grandchildren to marry and still applies. 
so why to talk according to the Rambam? Why did David kill the guy? It's not because uh, the guy the guy's Jewish. He's fully Jewish. It was only because of he killed Shaul and fine, fine. That's answer number one. <laughs> Ninety nine to go. <laughs> no, no, and it, so I'm just going to give a couple small answers on this, and then we're going to move on to another huge kasha on the Megillah, and we'll see how uh, we're going to see some fascinating things in this. Hopefully, it won't take too long. Join me in number six for the moment. Join me in number six. Sorry that it's out. Join me in number six. What's the name? Number six is Rabbi Yosef Engel. We just spoke about him. Look at that. Look at that. Oh, this is the Iron Engel. This is Rabbi. No, no that's the Chidor, the Ein Zoycher. No, he wrote the 80 answers for that one kasha. Rabbi Yosef Engel. He was the, the walking partner of Rabbi Talabam's father. Well, why, why with an iron? In Australia. That's how you spell Engel. In Yiddish, Engel. Engel. Yeah. He spoke Yiddish, that's the language how he spoke. How do you think you should spell it? Well, now. No, well, we're, not, we're, not, we're not in Israel here. <laughs> in Yiddish, it's an I. Or else I was an E. Engel. Engel spelled Engel. E. Not an A. Anyhow. What? what? It's not the angle of a... Engel, Engel. Like a 40 degree angle. Engel. What's the, what's the Shaila? Oh, what does it mean? I don't know. It's Engel. Engel. So this is Rabbi Yosef Engel wrote uh, quite a few Sfarim. One of them is uh, notes on on his Gemodus that were subsequently printed as Gilyoyne Hashas. And on the Gemara Gitin, we're in number six. Join me. Besefer Tiferesh Loyma. His quote, the Tiferesh Loyma, which is quoting, was a Chesidah Shedeber, the Radomske. In Purim ala Torah vayetze Haman laharav atzadik of Shloim of Radomsk Salz of Chesidah Shedeber Hiksha. He asked the million dollar question. Hamavur b'psikta. It's in the Medrash the psikta. It's also in the Mechilta Piska in the the paragraph of Zohar Eis Hashas Chamolik. The ain mekabel game is Amalek. Right, it's brought in that medrash too. You cannot accept a convert from Amalek. The imkain eich. How could you have Haman's ain eklach ayin sham? And then the Rabbi Yosef says, "Ukepsikta hanal." Like you find in that, there's a medrash called the psikta. It's also in the mechilta in the end of Bishalach. It's also in Pirkei Rabbi Liezer. Makes sense. It's the same Rabbi Liezer. So says Rabbi Yosef Engel. If you ask me, v'loy kashim midi. It's not. It's not shver at all. It's very. It's fact. It's a very simple answer. The Mishkachas, you know what happened? What happened was like this. Be'ishad, there was a woman, Mizera Amalek. Haman had a great-great-great-granddaughter, right? So she's from Haman, she's from Amalek. Shenisis La'akum, she married a guy from China. She'enoi Mizera Amalek. This guy is not from Amalek. Ve'yoldu ben had a boy. By Goyim, you always follow the father. Da'ben Ahu, that kid, E'neno Mishyachas, does not relate Lezera Amalek to Amalek's seed. You follow the father like it's brought in your vomit, Sayin Ches. Vim Cain, if that's the case. Habenahu, that boy, Vachol Yoytze Chalots of all of his descendants, Shapir Mekablanoy son. They're Stam Goyim, they're Chinese, or whoever the, 
that man, whichever nation he came from, that's the halachic status of all the kids forever. <coughs> that's what it means here. Ah, it says, Mibnei Bonov, yeah. which, Lav Davke. Yeah. You know how often the Gemara says, Bnei Bonov, and it doesn't literally mean son, son, son. Descendants. I am Rashi Psachim. Rashi says there that the Eibishter sent a message to Nebuchadnezzar, and he says, Ben Benoi Shal Nimrod HaRosha. The grandson of Nimrod. Nebuchadnezzar is many generations after Nimrod. What do you mean, Ben Benoi? He's not a grandson. Right? Nimrod is by Avram. Nebuchadnezzar destroyed for a thousand years. Love Davka. In fact, Toysus in Chagiga says even better. I don't know he doesn't quote it. Toysus says, in fact, that Nebuchadnezzar Bechlal didn't come from Nimrod. Because Nimrod comes from Chom, grandson of Chom, and uh, Toysus proves that Nebuchadnezzar came from, uh, was from Asher, from Shame. Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah. Also, he came from Shlomo and Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, but he's from the, the Shevet of... Uh, uh-huh. He was from Shloima through a daughter that Shloima had with the Queen of Sheba. But from Nebuchadnezzar's father's father's side, his paternal lineage goes back to shame. So Tosus says, he didn't even come from Nimrod. The Abishu was just saying, you're as if you're you're acting like, you're acting in the same way as him. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. So for sure over here, Haman's grandson can mean that there was a daughter in the middle, right? Why not just say it's a Jewish lady with a with a husband? Uh, so, uh, I will say that. But why don't, don't they? No, but why don't they? Because, uh, well, be, why doesn't Rabbi Engel contemplate? Why because because how, how, could Jewish, how could a Jewish lady marry a homozygote? Is a guy can't be a guy. So we're going to see, we're going to see, there's a, there's a coin who says, he's actually, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the coin, <laughs> uh, you know, I'll get to that right now, because you mentioned that, you know, that by a coin, there's a special din by a coin, that if he wants to write a get to his wife, it has, the get has to be folded and made in, in a way which takes, quite, uh, takes a while to create the get. Because they have hot tempers, if they divorce their wife, can't remarry. Yeah. So therefore, it takes it's a, yeah. There's a whole. It's a much longer process for a coin to give it to make sure that it's not spur of the moment. Positive. Yeah, we're about bigger. Definitely positive. No, she's a celebrity. She's a celebrity. What do you have to go there for? It's a regular guy. A guy from a guy. Yeah. Also, so listen, listen, listen. That could be the reason. So I want to tell you. I want to tell you like this. Was uh, he passed away in the year 1900? So he was uh, Reb Marash's times, Reb Shab's times. He was known. He was a he was an incredible gone, uh, a brilliant mind. He was known as the Koyan. He's known as Hakoyan. They call him the Koyan. Wrote uh, the in his speech when sleep. While he was sleeping, he wrote a sefer called Divrei Chalomus. He wrote a sefer called Divrei Chalomus. No? While he was sleeping, I don't know. I know that when he, he wrote, woke up. He used to write everybody's. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's called Divrei Chalaimus. That when he woke up, when he woke up, he wrote the dreams that he had. But right while he's sleeping, not while he was sleeping. When he woke up, he wrote what he said. Yeah, he called. He called it Divrei Chalaimus. Divrei Chalaimus. It's in Sadiq Kain itself. That's Freud and Jung. No, he he called it Divrei Chalaimus. No, it's not called. There's no Sadiq Kain. It's called Pre Sadiq. Was he from the Israel? Tzadik HaKoyen didn't name any of his form after his name. He wrote pre-Tzadik, and he wrote Rosisei Laila, he wrote other things, um, uh, numerous Yisrael Kedoshim, and he wrote Divrei Chalomus. 
the Rebbe actually, Rabbi Yoel Khan said this, that the Rebbe in one of the Sikhs, in the early Sikhs, when they were putting it out, the Rebbe wanted to quote something from a Tzodik HaKoyen Sefer, Resisei Laila. The Rebbe, you're right, so the Rebbe, then there was no copies yet in America of Resisei Laila. I didn't, you know, this was in the 60s or whatever. So the Rebbe, from memory, from memory, copied about two or three lines from what he had seen decades Europe, before. Yeah. Decades before. Resisei Laila is... And then, is, and, and then the Sefer mm. came to America. I guess in the 60s, we didn't have the safer. Was uh, then it finally came to America. So Buell was involved with the notes, and he, he checked it up. It was mamish almost yeah, word yeah, for word. Yeah, it's a famous story. Right. Spectacular. It says the Rebbe wanted the to quote. The Rebbe could have just said, "You know, I'm not quoting. I don't know the, the safer." It came. It came out. In America. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got it from uh, a mitzvah uh, present. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Look at that. Okay, so whenever it was. So you know what? Maybe you made, the Reb was looking for a copy. You could have. Uh, 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 you were in Canada. Where were you? Australia. So where were you? You were in New York City. So the Reb needed the safer, didn't have the safer. The Reb uh, often says, Ain't I safer? I don't have the safer. So the, so the Rabbi Yoel said the Reb could have just left out the quote, but the Reb wanted the quote. And I'd no safer than a quote from memory. Anyhow, so Tzadik Hakoyan of Leblin, he was by the Ishbut, so yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, he actually divorced his, was a whole story. Ah, you talked about it. He had, uh, something happened. People had an issue with, uh, with his shver, and they thought that if they would create a scandal of, about uh, Sadr Kohen's wife and cause a divorce and disrupt the whole family, that would be their form of vengeance. And um, the scandal was that his wife was seeing a guy, and in fact, Sadr even yeah. saw once yeah. his, wife with the guy and he he thought that as a Kayan he, he didn't see the, any intimacy happening but he thought as a Kayan he has to divorce her she didn't want to get he divorced her against her will Rabbi Nagershim says he can't so he needed to get a heter of a hundred rabbis to allow him to divorce his wife wow. or to marry a new wife or to divorce his wife against her will so he went to many many rabbonim and uh, the Chassidah Rebbe's Bechlau were much slower to give. He was a brilliant master. He came and he, he convinced everybody. The Chassidah Rebbe's were much slower to give the Haskama. And the only one who refuted his claims and put him in his place was the Chidushi Harim, who was the first Gerer Rebbe, who was also a brilliant scholar, who was older than him. And the Rabbi said, yeah, the only one that was actually... Uh, but he didn't give up. He went, he said, all right, I'll go to other rabbis. Yeah. Apparently, he got his mayor up on him, and he, anyways. So, Reb Tzodek HaKoyin says, you know what the story was over here? What was the name of Homan's Anakul? Rav Shmuel Bar Shelas. Is Shelas a man's woman, a man's name or a woman's name? It's a woman's name. What's going on over here? So, there's a story in Gemara. Shmuel, the great Amir Shmuel, suffered a, a personal tragedy. Two of his daughters were captured by Goyim and were forced to marry Goyim. They were raped. One of them was Rachel, and she was she uh, was taken into marriage by a guy named Isser, a guy named Isser. She conceived a baby. Before the baby was born, this Isser decided to convert. You know, after he violated this Rachel, Shmuel's daughter, he decides Shmuel the Amir, he decides to convert. This boy was born. He's called Rav Mori, the son of Rachel, who's the daughter of Shmuel. We don't call him Rav Mori, the son of Isser, the convert. He has no connection to him. So says 
Reb Tzadok. If, if he converts, if it's after conception. Yeah, because after conception, the guy's out of the picture. He has no more connection. Had he con- you know, convert a couple months earlier, it's a different story. Can you imagine it's such a thing that he converted? You know, and. Uh, Did he stay with her? Not that we know of. Not that it's not recorded. There is an Indian that if a, a Yid and a Goy are together, while one of them is a Goy, that when they convert, they shouldn't be with each other. It's not a biblical law, but there is an Indian in Halacha. So you would assume that if he did a proper conversion, he right. would have kept that That's halacha. Like, you know, and, uh, imagine he would have, you know, he's like, imagine, but imagine, sure. like, imagine that, right. you know, right. this Amoyer is his kid, but I'll be told they have no relation. Anyhow, so Tzodok says, Homon had an anakul. Yeah, Ben Achar Ben, Mibnei Bonov is a bit. This guy rapes a woman called Shailas. She didn't willingly marry him. He raped her. Just like what happened with Shemul's daughter. And then this kid was born. That's why he's named after his mother. Who's his father? You don't want to know. The father is Anakul of Homon. So the kid never had to be Megayer because we paskin. It's machlokes in Gemara, but the halach is that we paskin. That if a Jewish, a Goyish man, a Jewish woman, the the Shulchan Aruch paskins, the kids, uh, the kids Jewish. So the kid never had to go through Geirus, but the kid is technically mibnei bonu shalhamah. That's what. So you have that's what the Sodik Hakoyim. For Yiddish Shmuel, she didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shmuel was a Koyin. Well, that goes against the halacha. You say he's not really the father. His daughter's Rabaska. We just said he's not really the father. Oh, 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 she was violated by a Mitzri, who was a Gilgal of Kayan, yeah. right? And uh, she conceives from the Mitzri. She has a boy. Dawson, by the way, knew the boy wasn't his, but he raised him. Right, they say that was one of the... By the way, Dawson, by the way, many say Dawson was one of the Shoitrim that would take it on the back right. instead of hitting any other Jew. That's why Dawson had a problem with Moshe. He told Moshe, you never suffered with us in Mitzrayim. You were busy enjoying the king's palace exactly. and in Midian. Not you're a lazy. Dos, 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 oh yeah, look at my back. You'll see what it means to suffer. That's why Dawson had a problem with Moshe. Anyhow, but uh, this boy grows up, and in Parshas Emor, there's the episode: the Yidden divide into their shvatim. So he wants to set up a, a tent by the camp of Don. They tell him, "You're not from your mother's from Don." But you, you Shvatim go after the father. Your father was a Mitzri. <laughs> so he blew it and he cursed and he ended up getting killed, you know. <laughs> wow. Anyhow. Mm. But this guy, how does the Torah refer to him? It says, a guy went out, the son of a Jewish woman and the son of an Egyptian man. So you see, even though his mother was Jewish, the Torah does refer, refer to the fact that he did have an Egyptian father. Yeah, so if the, if the Torah can do that, definitely the Gemara so and his lingo. He doesn't say the, the Mitzri's name. But he says, yeah. so ba- Benish Mitzri. So then, why, why are you saying the father's nothing? The, oh, the Gemara says, no, the, well, the Gemara already proves from different other people. No, no, no. 
we have way, we have numerous case, other psukim that prove that by no. going to go after the father, and by the way, there are there are shittas that by a yid you need both parents to be Jewish. There are shittas in Gemara, but the Shulchan Aruch doesn't we don't pass in that way. There were some that pass in that way, but the Shulchan Aruch doesn't pass in that way. Dina's son, they call them the they reference her daughter, yeah. Dina and Shechem. Yeah, so Is there a shittah that it used to go by the father? No, 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 no. Uh, Osnas, Osnas, the kid that Dina had with Shechem. Shol ben Aknanis was Shimon's kid that he had with Dina. Right. Dina was called Knanis because she had been so raped by Shem. By, but she was not a Knanis. She was called Knanis because she had been she raped was, by a Knanis. But so there's some, there's, there's a fair enough. Point taken. Point taken. Fine. Is there a shita that he used to go by the father? Until Rav Asi, one opinion in Gemara holds that even now to be a Jew only goes by the father. There is one opinion. Father. Yeah. One opinion. So someone said, maybe I'm if Tzoyim, you should, you know, one, according to one opinion, this guy is yours. Start bringing Tzoyim on way more people. No. But what's no, the, but, uh, uh, we don't pass in that way. That's, no one pass in that way. So maybe, is that connected to what the Rebbe said when you have a gay or, or something? Gay or Luchumra? No, what, no. What, what somebody, after the fact, when, they're, when they are Megayer, assuming you don't push yeah, them yeah, yeah. but then there was always some connection to do it. Oh, no, no, well, no. some Kabbalists hold that anyone that's Megayer really comes from the Ten Lost Tribes. Uh, the Chidah famously says that the Gemara refers to a convert as Ger Shenis Geyer. A convert that converts. It should right. say Goish in his guy. Right, yeah, sure. It must, so the Chidah yeah. says, even before he converted, he had a Jewish uh, neshama, which is right. the reason why he converted. I'm talking about the, a warmth. Through the gay is becoming revealed. It's marriage that right. more open to conversion, is the idea. If the father was Jewish or not. Is there a concept? I thought the Rebbe spoke about uh, that. Appa- apparently there is some, it's not a halachic concept, because we don't pass like Ravasi. Just but uh, maybe uh, I don't know if you ever read the biography of Fidik Rebbe when he was saved from the Nazis by a Nazi named Blach. Whose father, His father was, was a, Jewish, uh, and the Fidik Rebbe speaks about right. it. Right. That there was something that he episcopally. Maybe, maybe something. You familiar with what I'm talking about? Not offhand. Not offhand. I'll give you the biography. Who the talking about? The rest. Nazi. The Blach who was involved in the Fidik Rebbe's rescue, and the Fidik Rebbe <laughs> mentioned. Fidik Rebbe addressed the fact that this guy. He felt that Jewish blood in was, him. and that's why he saved the music. Excuse me. There was a book upstairs I had about 45 years ago upstairs. This to Yamachshon Hitler. His great grandfather was Jewish. Find that on the internet. Yeah, that's No, a, he, he <laughs> came from, uh, from his father's yeah, yeah. side. His great grandfather was a he Jew. They called Michelin. Michelin. Anyhow, so so far we have a couple answers. We have a couple answers. Fine. So, um, okay, where do we go, Carol? We have so much. All right, okay, all right. Fine, I'm not even aware. No, 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 because we have to. All right, all right, all right. All right. All right. Oh, that was start earlier. <laughs> We're going to now focus on another big kasha, which sounds separate but is related to the first, and you'll see where we're going to go with this. In order to get to the second kasha, we need a couple of uh, introductions. One of them is the big debate between the Rishonim when it comes to destroying Amalek, which is what we're going to read about this week, Parsha Zohar, the mitzvah in the end of Parsha's Kisait say, to destroy Amalek. What exactly, is, what exactly do you have to destroy? So by the way, just a 
put it out there, many people ask, it sounds so barbaric to kill out a nation, how could you do that? The truth is, there's not much difference between Amalek and any other guy. If an Amaleki wants to keep the seven mitzvahs, he can. And if he does, he's no longer considered an Amaleki. He's considered a good guy. It's only if they refuse. If they refuse, any guy could be put to death, because they get the death penalty for those seven anyhow. So the difference just is that for Amalekim, you're supposed to hunt them out, and for other Goyim, it's not so much. But really, the difference is very slim. If Amalekim does the seven mitzvahs, he gets spared. To become a Ger Tzedek, that we saw, that's the whole, that was the whole first issue, Ken. But to be a Ger Toshev, the Rambam says he can. The Rambam says he can. Fine. But when it comes to destroying them, when you have to, let's say it's a war, and let's say it's warranted, what do you have to destroy? Just the people? What about the animals? What about the possessions? There are three opinions. The opinion of the Rambam and the Sefer Achinuch is only the people. It's only the people. I, when Shmuel had to fight against, Am when Shmuel told Shaul to fight against Amalek, he tells him the animals, just for that time. But if you look in Parshish Kisei, say when it says destroy the Zeich of the remembrance, it means the people of Amalek. That's it, always the people. That's opinion number one. Rashi disagrees. Rashi holds you always have to destroy the animals. The story with Shoal was not just for that time. It's for all time. You always destroy the animals. Look, look at number five. I have the Rashi. It's a Rashi in Chumash. In fact, Rashi says number five, when Hashem says, destroy the remembrance, Rashi's bothered. Why does it say the remembrance? It should say the Zera, the seed of Amalek. Says Rashi, it means Ish Adisha, Mishurva includes the animals. He's quoting and he's quoting from the story of Shmuel. Rashi learns the reason that Shmuel told Shaul to kill the animals because that's the mitzvah always. Where's the source? Because in Pashas Kisei, say the Yidden were told to destroy the Zecher. Rashi continues. If, you, if there's a beautiful horse that once belonged to Amalek, right? And, and, and now a Yid possesses it, whenever you see it, like, ah, that horse, it's going to remind everyone of Amalek. The name should not be remembered, even on an animal. To say, this animal belonged to Amalek. So Rashi holds the mitzvah, in fact, includes animals too. So he disagrees with the Rambam and the Sefer Achinuch. What's the hakak what that, that Rashi is? Um, from the word Zecher, from the word no, Zecher. Who said that's Allah's? Rashi What's the hakak that say that Allah's? No, Allah what do you mean? Rashi is telling you what the mitzvah is, telling you what pshat in the mitzvah is. Well, why? Because you could remember it. You mean from Because if you don't but destroy what about the, the animals. Who you could say, oh, he killed Amalek. <laughs> 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 okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. be reasonable. You can be reasonable. You can't kill. Uh, okay. No, but the animals are a zecher. They're a the fact that the Torah used the funny word of zecher, when it comes to killing the seven nations in Eretz Yisrael, it says, Loi don't let the people live. Why here does it change to zecher? It's coming to add something, the animals. Oh, but Rashi holds the possessions are okay. The Rebbe has a sikha, I didn't put on the Rebbe, the Rebbe has a sikha, the Rebbe explains in a sikha that according to Rashi, it's only something which is alive that really carries the name of its owner, not something which is dead. Something which is dead doesn't carry its, the name of its owner. Knock off the name, knock off the name. The Rebbe, the Rebbe, the whole sikha, but I don't have in the, the Rebbe has a sikha about this Rashi, the Rebbe learns general, that. Animals are called. 
animals from different something places. which is alive can Arabian carry the name of its are, owner are, are, are Arabian horses that's a very famous horse they're Jersey cows uh, or whatever uh, they, they come from different areas they call them um, Texas longhorns yeah no there's different animals are called for, from this place so if you have a horse it's called this is the Amalek horse but he's explaining with the mitzvahs his Rashi explaining with the mitzvahs oh but here's the you know what's a crazy thing if you look in Rashi on Sefer Shmuel, <clears throat> on the war that we're going to read in the Haftarah this week, that you're going to read in Mir Tzashem, that uh, Shmuel tells Shaul to fight Amalek, Rashi there says, why was Shaul instructed to kill the animals? Rashi says a whole new pshat. The Amalekim were sorcerers, and they could metamorphosize themselves into animals. So Rashi says, if you only kill the people... It's a, you're saying of a failure. You know, the law just metamorphosized animals. So you have to kill the animals because each one is possible to be a human. Very different shot than here. Very different shot than here. But, it, but here in Chumash, he says, part of the mitzvah is the animals. So you have the Rambam and the Sefer Chinuch, it's only the people. Rashi in Pachas Kisait, it includes the animals. That's the word Zecher. And then you have Rabbeinu Bechaya, look at number seven. Rabbeinu Bechaya says it's even the possessions. He doesn't say you have to destroy the possessions, but he says you can't have any benefit from the possessions. Part of the, the, the war of Amalek is any of their possessions is forbidden to have benefits. And we'll see, that's why people don't get German cars. We'll see if we get there. Uh, Number seven. Uh, it comes from here. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Australia, where we had, a, oh, a, in strong. Melbourne, there was a very Big large percentage community. of Holocaust. Yeah. One of very few people I were Holocaust. Of and these people, you know, to go into a Mercedes or a BMW was... was uh, when we were kids, for sure. Everybody would talk about Beth Israel. Talk about Bonham also gave it. Was it Israel Beth? Israel. אהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
Esther goes in, you have the two meals, Haman gets killed, all happened at the beginning Pesach time in the 12th year of Ahasuerus' reign. The war, though, was destined to happen the following Adar, 11 months later. When the war came, the Yidin killed 75,000 people. Who were those people that fought with the Yidin? Because in the interim, it was 11-month interim, three months in, during Sivan, it was Chav Kimul Sivan, the Megillah says, is when Ahasuerus allowed Esther and Mordechai to write out the second letters, allowing the Yidin to defend themselves. All the Goyim heard about it. Many Goyim converted to Yidin. Mordechai became a, a celebrity, and the, Yidin, the Goyim were afraid of the Yidin. And yet, when Adar came, boom, there were 75,000 people that nevertheless fought and died. So the Medrash, the Targum, the Aramaic Medrash in the Megillah says, they were all Amalekim. They came out of the woodwork, they couldn't hold themselves back. They fought and they died. They were Amalekim. Now, what does it say about the war? The Yidin didn't take the plunder. Why? Nizar number seven. Nizar Mordechai Bedover. Mordechai was careful. Shaloi Lehonis, not to have benefit. Mishlal Homon. It means the 75,000 people and Homon's kids, whatever. Shahaya Mizera Amolek, who came from Amolek. Ke'inyan Shekosav Bepuramas Homon, like it says, by the punishment of Homon. Now, this is not Mamash Homon. Homon was killed Pesach time. This is 11 months later. It means Homon's. Uh, what, what do you call the um, cohorts? They did not extend their hands. The fishatters here because the says you can't take their money. says it includes the actual property. So the Rambam and the Sefer Achinuch limited to the people. Rashi and Chumash takes it to the animals. Rabbi Bachai says even the possessions. Yeah, so what's the problem? Yeshua, you say also They also didn't take visa. What by so by I by I. I was also, yeah, uh, but to show for another reason, specific thing. Okay, fine, fine, but, he, but here was, uh, here was, uh, because they're So here's the million dollar kasha. Here's another kasha which has not a hundred answers, but many answers. When Haman was killed that Pesach, it says Ahasuerus took Haman's palace away. And what did he do to the palace? He gave it to Esther, who gave it to Mordechai. Yeah. Yeah. Haman's palace was kosher. Yeah. I didn't get it. When they fight the 75,000 people 11 months later, they don't touch anything. Maybe it's Amaleki possessions. Haman, Haman himself, they took his house. They took Haman's house. One of the biggest kashas in the book. Syndication. Yeah. So how do you answer this question? So the king took it. Yeah, he so took it first. Oh, oh, okay, 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 all right, all right, all right. Okay. Money laundering. So, so hold on, hold on, hold on. So this question also has lots of answers, but there are a couple answers which are going to answer both questions, which are, which is really the the crux of this. Okay, we're going to finish it right now. What? Good question. Yes, they're possessions. According to said more, right? It retains their name, right? Because it can't pass away from hand to hand. Everyone's going to remember. <clears throat> you could be sure when people pass by that house, everyone remembered. <laughs> now Mordechai is in Haman's house. The estate right? dove. They still <clears throat> have thousands. They of probably years still later. had the the gallows that Haman was hanging <laughs> from. They probably. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, so uh, later. So join me on the next page. So what do we have over here is like this. <clears throat> I'm going to throw out very quickly just a couple answers for that question. And then, 
we're going to see a few things that will answer both and really give a whole uh, crazy perspective. So off the bat, some of you gave a simple answer. Look at number eight. Toner Abonon. This is a Gemara Sanhedrin. Haruge Malchus, if someone's killed by the king, if a Yiddish king kills someone, we're at number eight. Nichseyen Lamelech. The king gets their property. This is what the Chachamim hold. Haruge Bezdin, if Bezdin kills someone, they don't get the guy's money. Nichseyen Liyarshin goes to the, to the inheritors. Rabbi Yehuda Eimer, no. Even if a king someone, he doesn't get the money. Af Haruge Malchus, even if a king kills someone, Nichseyen Liyarshin, it goes to the inheritors. The debate. The debate is if a king, if a Jewish king kills someone because the guy rebelled against the king, does the king get the guy's money? Chachom holds, yeah. Rabbi Yehuda says no. Amrule, they told Rabbi Yehuda, we have a proof. Valoi Kvarnim, a famous story. There was a king called Achav, who his holiday palace was next to a vineyard, Naboth's vineyard, the Kerem of Novos. Achav wanted it. Novos said it's not for sale. Achav's wife is Evel arranged the death of Novos and uh, Achav, got the, got, Achav got the land anyhow. So Hine Bekerem Novos in the vineyard of Novos, that Achav went to inherit. So what do you see from there? The Chacham say, if the king kills you, he gets your property. So Amalem Yehuda said, no. Achav was the first cousin of Novos. He inherited it not because he was the king, because he was actually a relative. Ben Achav is a relative. Royally Makes sense. Why so the Chacham say, what do you mean? Novice had many kids. Novice had many kids. If Achav took it, it must be he took it as a king. Says Rabbi Yehuda, no. Achav killed, exactly, the entire family. Izevel did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, well the Gemara blames Oisoy Vezbon of Horak. He killed the whole family. Shenemar, yeah. like Achav, was rebuked by Elioh Anovi, who was the prophet then. Im lawyers, Deme Novis, Vezdeme Bon of the Isi. They couldn't get him on treasons. They just murdered him. So the Chachomim say no. Rabbonah, who Bonim Horuyan Lot says, Rachomim say no. He had no kids. Those were kids that he would have had. So Elioh, when Elioh rebukes, Achav, he says, you know, blood you have on your hands, not just novice, but all the kids that you didn't let him have. But, uh, Okay. So how's the proof? Oh, so here's the thing. Um, Rashi on the Gemara says, this is true by a Jewish king. Because Hashem told Yeshua, anyone that rebels against you, you can kill him. Mashma from Rashi, a Goyish king does not have the power for this. The Rambam, though, when he codifies this halacha, it's Mashma any king, Yidin or Goyim, have the. Could we pass on my Chachomim that the king gets the. The Rambam holds it's whether a Jewish king, whether a Goyish king. Rashi holds only Jewish. The Rashba in a tshuva says he doesn't know. The Rashba actually does do. He asks, what about a Goyish king? He ends off with a stalemate. He doesn't know. So you have Rashbu who's not sure, Rashi who says only Jewish, the Rambam who says even a guy. If you go like the Rambam, it's even a Goyish, a king. So when Achashverish kills Haman, Achashverish acquires Haman's home. Mm-hmm. Haman's home now becomes Persian money. It's no longer Amaleki money. It purifies itself in Achashverish's back pocket. And then Achashverish gives it to Esther and Mordechai. But when it comes to killing the 75,000 people, the following Adar... It was a war. All those people are Amalekim. You can't take their possessions because no one's taking it in the interim. That's the difference. 
That's one difference. The Rebbe quotes this answer by Fabrengen. The Rebbe by Fabrengen, on Purim Fabrengen, he quoted this answer. What? Who were the ones that decided to fight the Yidden? After Mordechai, it was all Amalekites. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. That's one answer. That's one answer. There's another answer. I actually have a whole adichus on this, a personal answer, which I'm, which, uh, but that that'll take a while. No. But a simple, no, 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 but a simple answer, just because I'm not just a. a, 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 a <laughs> <laughs> the briskerov, the briskerov, the briskerov says he was the Chaim Brisker's son, the Velvel of Brisk. He spent the last years in Yerushalayim. He was alive when the Rebbe gave out his first mime at Bosilagani. He learned it and he said, Lababach Rebbe thinks he's Mashiach. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> he understood the matter, he got the message. He got the message. <laughs> he, got the message. <laughs> he was a big Misnagid, but actually, the, never, he actually, uh, he once said, he once said, we have to reignite the war of the Vulnagon against the Chsidim. But only, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Briskarov, we, we have to reignite the war of the Vulnagon against the Chsidim, but only against Breslov and Lubavitch. Because they're the only authentic citizen the today. That's what he said. That's what he said. Exactly. Anyhow, the Briskarov says like this. He says, if you notice in this Haftarah, when Shmuel approaches Shaul, he says, Shaul, God made you a king. You have to destroy Amalek. Why did Shaul need to hear that from Shmuel? Doesn't Shaul know that every king has a mitzvah to destroy Amalek? Why was he waiting to get this message from Shmuel? You don't wait till a Novi tells you to put on tefillin. You, you have a mitzvah, you have a mitzvah. The Briskarov says, no, whenever it comes to a war against Amalek, you need a Novi to set off the war. Just like in Pasha's Bishalach, Moshe was the Novi who told Yeshua to fight. That was the fight with Amalek. So too over here. The king needs to hear from the prophet. Why? Because it's a dangerous war? Or? Because in Parshas B'Shalach, Hashem says, the war of Amalek is mine, Melchom Hashem. In Parshas Kisaitz, it says, you fight. How does it work? God will tell you when to fight. It's a mix. Special war, it, because it's such a crazy war, you talk, you, only when you get the message from God to do it. That's another answer. To, it's barbaric. It's, it's only if God says to do it, then obviously God knows when the time is right. So, right. Oh, so Rizkorov says like this. <laughs> when it comes to destroy, when they killed Haman, whose idea was it to kill Haman? It was Achashverosh. Achashverosh came in. He sees Haman lying in the bed with uh, with Esther. Kill him. So, who set the war off against Haman? Achashverosh. So there was no official war against Amalek going on, and therefore the prohibition of their of their uh, of their possessions didn't yet begin. Hold on. Then Esther begs, Achashverosh, in 11 months from now, the, the Goyim are going to fight. We need permission to, to, to self-defense. Achashverosh says, no problem. Write yourself new letters. Esther wrote those letters. Esther's a prophet. So she gave the in. She set in the laws of the war. So when they f- killed the 75,000 people, it was a war against Amalek. She can't have possession from, can't have benefit from the possessions. That's what the Briskorov says. But I want to share with you a couple things. Uh, oh, no, hold on. Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, hold on. One more answer for that question. One more of that question. One, so that I won't tell you my answer. One, one more answer for this question. And then, uh, 
We already know where your heart's at. <laughs> we're, we're, we're done unless uh, 15, 20 minutes we're done. 15 minutes we're done. We do I can ask these answers No, 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 no. This one, no, this one is a whopper. You have to, I want to see if you feel it holds water. There's another big debate in the Rishonim. Wow. When it comes to our Moloch, there's a few mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah to destroy them. There's also a mitzvah to remember what they did to us. That's Parsha Zohar. There's a mitzvah to be Moicha, and there's a mitzvah of Zohar to remember. When it comes to the mitzvah, the Sefer HaChinuch, the Sefer HaChinuch has a whopping chiddush. Look at number 10. In number 10, there's a Sefer HaChinuch, one of the Rishonim. And he says, it's, you have number 10, the bold is the Sefer HaChinuch. He says, heges mitzvah The mitzvah to remember Amalek is everywhere, always. B'scharm, only men, ki lohem lasis because only the men fight against Amalek and to take vengeance, loyal nashim, not for women. The Sefer Achinuch says here a few whoppers. He says, yeah, there's two mitzvahs to remember and destroy, but they're linked. Only those that have to destroy have a mitzvah to remember. Women are not part of the mitzvah of destroying, they're not part of the war. They don't have to remember. That's the shit of the Sefer Achinuch. That's why the women come to shul this Shabbos. In Russia, most women didn't go to shul Parsha Zohar. They relied on the Sefer Achinuch, that they're potter. Now, now we're machmer. Now we became machmer, that many women come to shul. The Magen Avram says that the mitzvah of Parsha Zohar, you could be yitzah on Purim, if you come right before the Megillah reading, when they lay in Vayovi Amolik, which is the story in the end of Bishalach, the actual fight, you could be yitzah the mitzvah of remembering then as well. So look at the Minchas Chinuch right next to it. Let's stop the recording. We give you the Melech to do this. You need a Melech also, no? Yeah, yeah, that's another big debate. So, the Minchas Chinuch over here says, I have two issues with this, uh, with this Sefer HaChinuch. He says, number one, women are chayev in the war. When it comes to a mochemist mitzvah, when it comes to an obligatory war, the Gemara says, even the kala from her chuppah you take. Women do have to go. He says, what's he talking about? And secondly, he says, even if they're potter from the war, who said that the mitzvah of remembering is dependent on the mitzvah of the destruction? Like he finishes off, look at, uh, um, uh, look halfway down, um, Halfway down, the first word of the line is "Hey, Dalad." Gam, we're number ten. Gam, me, Ahmad, Hashem. Who knows the secrets of God that the reason to remember is connected to the destruction? Imatam is because of vengeance. No, maybe it's a decree of God. You should remember Imatam, and we don't know why. And maybe when Mashiach comes, when Amalek is gone, we're still going to remember. Meaning, who told the Sefer Achinov the reason you have to remember is in order to therefore destroy when you have the time? Who said that's true? And even if it is true, women are, are part of the mitzvah of the destruction. It's a mochemah's mitzvah. So therefore, the Minchas Chinuch argues, the Minchas Chinuch, he finishes off the paragraph, the nearer, he says, I think that they're chayev. It's a mitzvah's essay not bound by time. It pertains to women. Very unusual for him to, he's 600 years after the Sefer Chinuch, 500 years after him, and he argues on him. But I'll call upon him, oh. So it's someone suggests. Does he argue a lot? But you should. Nobody, the ladies didn't go out. They helped with the food and everything else. It's part of the war. It's part of the thing. All the, some of the men yeah, also helped with the food. The Gemara says they have to be there. They have a chief to defend. 
But they didn't oh, go out. The ladies didn't go out. Well, they're they chive in the war, though. They, 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 they participate out. in the war. They participate in the war. With helping out with the food. However it is, but they participate in the war. Nurses. Where do you come up with that? No, no, that? even that, that's called going out to war. That's part, that's, that's halakhli <laughs> going out. I feel a kalam even a kalam. Fight with gears, not the Gemara says that. Uh, Rabbi Taliban, maybe they cleaned the floors. Whatever. But, that's part of the war. Part of the war. Or as a Believe me, in those right, days, you're going to hold a spear. Yeah, anyway, let's go. Let's go. Oh, 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 oh. So some suggest like this. Listen listen to this. Listen to this. If you go like the Sefer Achinuch, that women are not chayv in the war, I mean, they're not chayv to destroy a Moloch, then for them, it should be permitted to benefit from their uh, possessions. Right? Rabbeinu B'chai's Isser won't apply to them because they're not B'chlal the Chiv of destroying a Moloch. First, Achashverish gives the palace to Esther. Not to Mordechai. The, the Pasuk says he gave it to Esther. Esther. Then Esther gave. Why was it integral that Esther got it first? Because they want, uh, Because if you go to the Sefer Esther was allowed to have benefit from the house. Therefore the house became kosher Jewish money. And then it was purified in her hands. And then it was cleansed. And then... I, one. Achashverish learned the Teisvis and he learned the Chinuch. No, Mordechai was the one who was able to accept yeah, it. Yeah, right, that's right, Mordechai, Mordechai. But that's why, that's why the Megillah makes a point of pointing it out. <coughs> but here's the issue, though. So it says, it's an interesting answer. It works, it works. The issue is, though, that when Esther and Mordechai were husband and wife, anything a woman acquires, kol masha konsa isha, goes to her husband. The he at least he gets to, even though the item itself she acquires becomes hers, the husband gets the right to use it. The payer, as it's called, gets the right to use it. But how does it work? Does it first become the woman and then it transfers, the husband gets rights? Or does it go directly? The woman's like her husband's outstretched hand. It's machlekes in the achreinim. Some hold it stops by the woman and then after the husband gets it, then the answer would work. It became purified in Esther's hand. But according to some others, it goes directly. The moment the woman acquires, she's like the outstretched hand of the husband. So then this answer wouldn't work. The moment she took it from Achashverosh, it doesn't stop by her. It goes straight to Mordechai. There's no, 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 no. There's no split. She's like the outstretched hand of her husband. She acquires on his behalf. So then this answer, and I thought that was an interesting thing. Oh, so now I want to tell you some things that are going to answer both questions. Okay? I'm going to give you three, three answers to this. Um, what was the first question again? How could Homer's Eneklech have been Gosh. Megayer? Right. If they're from Amalek. And this question is that uh, how could they have taken Homer's house according to Rabbeinu Bechaya that you can't have possession, uh, benefit from the possessions? So the three answers are like this. Number one, you have to look at number nine. <laughs> Incredible thing from Yonis and Ibishitz. This is mind-boggling. Shoal left two people alive. Uh, sorry, he did two blunders. He left Agag alive in the war, and he left many of the animals. Why did he make these two blunders? In fact, when Shoal saw that Shmuel was coming, Shoal said, Shmuel, I fulfilled the will of God. Shoal thought he did everything to the T. Mm -hmm. And Shmuel said, you despise the word of God. Made, you, you really messed up. What am I hearing? And, and then what happened? Sh Shmuel says, where's Agag? He finds Agag, and Shmuel tells Agag, the same way that you made many women bereft of their kids, 
your mother's about to become bereft of her kid. And then he made Agag like a scarecrow with his arms and his legs, and he took a sword and right through and split him into two halves. So Bjorn's Naibshit says, well, why was Shmuel bringing up Agag's mother? By going, you always follow the father. Agag was Amaleki from his father. Where does his mother come into the story? Says Rabbi incredible. Agag's was only Amaleki from his mother, not from his father. Agag's father was from who knows where. Mm-hmm. Nira, he says, the Shoal told, you know what Shoal's mistake was? Why did he leave Agag alive? Because Agag, Ima, his mother from Amalek. How do I know? Because Shmuel, when Shmuel speaks to Agag, he speaks about his mother. The Shoal saw, the Shoal thought, by going, you follow the father. Agag Bechol is not Amalek. He thought, She'er aim lav she'erhu. By goy, you don't follow the mother. You follow the father. So Agag's mother's Amaleki. Who cares? You follow the father. V'im ken ein Agag mizer Amalek. He's not from Amalek. And therefore, Yichomal, he had mercy. U'be'emes, but in truth, Shol was wrong. B'nochrim, by goyim, hakol, herlech, acher, all follows the mother. Even a Yid who lives with a Goyish woman, the kid's a Goy. Right? A Jewish father, Goyish mother. The Allah is the kid's a Goy. You always follow the mother. So by every Goy, you have to follow the mother. This is what he writes. And since he wrote that, everyone has asked, Rabbi Yonason, what's he talking about? It's not true. You know, you don't follow the mother by Goyim. You always follow the father. If a Goy's mother is from Egypt and the father is from China, the kid's Chinese. Not Egypt. You always follow the father. You always... What is he talking about? So, what some of the big Rosh Hashivas say is like this. The Yidin were not told to destroy the Zerah, the seed of Amalek. The Zecher, the remembrance of Amalek. Know the differences? The seed of Amalek is only someone who's paternally from the father, like all other Goyim. The Zecher, the remembrance, though, comes to add something else. If somebody's mother's father's from Amalek, when this guy walks around, he is a rem- he's a remnant. He's a remnant. He's a Zecher of Amalek. He's a remnant. Shoal didn't get that nuance. That's why he didn't kill the animals either. Shoal's, both of his mistakes were the same thing. Shoal thought killing Amalek is like the seven nations, only the people. And the people that, from their father, come from that nation. Why kill the animals? And if someone's mother's from Amalek, why kill him? He didn't get the nuance of the Zecher. The Zecher is coming to add the animals, like, like Rashi says in Kisei, say if you go with that, that, that path of Rashi, and also anyone whose mother comes from Amalek. Especially if he's the king, and he's, he's, he's well, the Zecher, identified well, fine. as oh, 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 oh. So with this path, it's incredible. Once you know that Agag himself, the one that fought with Shaul, was not from Amalek, Halachically, only from his mother. He's the Zecher of Amalek, not the Zerah. So even if Haman is Ben Achaben many, many generations later, and even if Haman's kids are also Ben Achaben, but what, they're all with, what nation are they? Not Amalek. No, because Agag himself's father was from elsewhere. They're all just a Zecher. He's from, because um, he's, he's from Shaw, he's from Agag. Yeah, so Haman himself, even his father's father goes back to Agag. Agag himself's father wasn't from Amalek. So the whole family is only a Zecher. They're only a Zecher. So therefore, like this, therefore therefore we'll answer answer both questions. Let's say the first kasha. The the first kasha about Geirus. When Rabbi Eliezer says in Medrash, you can't be Makabal Ager, that's only someone who's from Amalek, from his father. 
Like regularly, you judge Goyim based on the father. If it's only from the mother, like all of Haman's family, because they go back to Agag, who was only Amalek from his mother, they're all just the remnant of Amalek. So yeah, there's a mitzvah to destroy them, but these people could be Megayer. Very simple. And now you understand why Haman's palace was mutter. Why, according to Rabbeinu Bechaye, can't you take the possessions of Amalek? Because the possessions are a remembrance. But if the person himself is only a remembrance, then his house is a zecher of a zecher. So, Yeah. The 75,000 people they killed in the actual Purim story were all mamash Amalekim. So their possessions were a zecher of Amalek. Haman himself's only a zecher. So his palace is a zecher of a zecher. But what do you do with the women of, of uh, the Amun and Mayav? Oh, that was the Brisker's night. The permission. No, the, the men of Am. Uh, yeah, no, but the women, women, the the women yeah, of these, the, 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 the Rambam over here. The people. The, the women of Mitzrayim. and Mitzrayim. I mean, till the third generation. What's the yeah, problem so with that? They weren't allowed to. But we weren't distinguishing such a wild women of Mitzrayim as not Mitzrayim. Because they're only the women. The women aren't allowed to convert either. No, no, they can convert. They can't marry in. That's not just about marrying into the fold, not conversion. So it's, but there's a, there's no distinction between a woman and a man. From Mitzrayim, as from far Mitzrayim. as marrying into the fold, yeah. the conversion is good. Yeah, but the conversion is good, but the point right. is we're identifying a woman as a Mitzri, even though she's not a Benachar Ben, clearly. She's a woman. She, her father's Mitzri. You go so, after her father. So, no, you go after her father. Her father's Mitzri. What if her father was? What if her mother was a Mitzri? No, then you go after her father. So only the... If you have... A beautiful woman right here who converts, and you want to marry her, right? Okay, well, you're a claim. But uh, for any of us, that if her mother, her mother could be a mitzvah, her mo- both her mother's parents, her father's mother as well. If her father's father comes from uh, Spain, she's Spanish. Yeah, you follow the father. They can't marry anyway. She's not mitzvahs. She's Spanish. If her father is not a mitzvah. That's if the girl's father is a mitzvah. Am I being completely her... unclear? No, no, it goes all after the father. Kids. Yeah. Those yeah. All but all if all it's all in all a cave, she, her kids, till third generation, can't marry it. No, 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 no. Once she's Maguire, then the Torah gives her mother. Hold on, you're going to miss the, 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 I'm going to say the next two things. No, these, these are mamish bombs. These are mamish bombs. Very quickly. Reb Chaim Brisker holds that anyone that hates Jews with a passion that can't be explained is halachically in Amaleki. Where does he get it from? He gets it from a Rambam. I put the Rambam in number 11. I'll say, I'll, I'll say outside. The Rambam there speaks about the mitzvah to destroy the seven nations, and he says, but you can't do it anymore. They've been dispersed. Then he speaks about destroying Amalek, and he doesn't say that they've been dispersed. B'chaim Ritzke says, you know why? Because you could still fulfill the war of Amalek. Even if someone's from a different nation, but they ultimately hate Yidin like, they have Allah like an Amalek. Oh. He gets wow. it from a Yerushalmi. There's Yerushalmi in Yavomus that says, Haman was the son of Hamdasa. He says, you think he was the son of Hamdasa? No. But we're linking the two because each of them were sworn anti-Semitim. So says of Chaim Brisker, Haman was Persian. Haman was Persian. He was Persian. But he halachically became a Molech because of his anti-Semitism. So therefore, this answers both questions. His anti-Klech were They're Persians. They're Persians. He wasn't a Maleki. Right. What about his house? Same thing. 
he's only Amaleki because of his ideals. That doesn't affect his possessions. The right. 75,000 people they killed on, in Adar and the Purim were Mamash Amalekim. Haman Punt was the only guy that was treated like Amalekim because of his Mishugasin. That's why it didn't go over to his house. And the last answer, the last answer, I'm going to finish with this is that Haman was actually Jewish. You have no, 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 let's do this. Let's do this. This is unbelievable. Number 12. Look at number 12. Number 12. So, Achashverish gave a rule that everyone must bow down to Haman. Mordechai refused. And it was number 12. When the other officers. Um, approached Mordechai Yoimviyam every day, and they said, why, 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 what are you doing? Why are you raising a ruckus? Why are you defying Haman? V'loi shoma, Mordechai didn't listen. V'yagidu Haman, the people told Haman, Lirois, to see, Hayamdu divrei Mordechai, will Mordechai's word stand, ki higid because Mordechai told them, who Yehudi that is Jewish. By the way, that means Haman didn't realize Mordechai didn't bow? Yeah, Haman wouldn't look. Haman was such a Balgaiva, he assumed everyone bowed down. He didn't even, he didn't even inspect. Didn't inspect. <laughs> but they told him. The now, why Taka didn't Mordechai bow? So look at number 13 is the Targum. It's an Aramaic Targum on Who's the Megillah. What? Who was number 12? Number 12 is the Megillah. It's from the, from the Megillah. Yeah, from, yeah, written by Mordechai and Esther. Number 13. Um Mordechai lo havagochen did not bend Landarta. Haman had two things. Haman wanted people to bow down to him as a, he made himself godly, but he also had an image that he carried with him. And the Targum says clearly that Mordechai wouldn't bow to either. Landrata is the image, and neither he wouldn't bow down to Haman either. Because Haman was a servant of Mordechai. He was sold to him for a loaf of bread. This is hinted to in the Gemara. Now watch the story. There's a sefer called Monois Halevi. I have it at home. I probably couldn't find it. I, uh, it's good because it would have had to been. It would have been a third paper. So you're lucky I couldn't find it. But Reb Shloim El Kabbatz, the That's great the, Kabbalist, the is in that book? he quotes the whole story and he quotes the document. He and he writes like this. It was in the second year of Achashverosh's reign, before the Megillah. Even the Megillah starts in year three. This was in year two. That uh, there was a country called Hindika. Hindika that rebelled mm-hmm. against Achashverosh. Mm-hmm. And Achashverosh sent soldiers to squash the rebellion. Two generals, Mordechai on one side, Haman on the other. It was supposed to be a three-year trip. I mean, Haman was the nemesis? Was that enemy? Well, the two, no, 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 no. The two of them were joint generals in Achashverosh's oh, army. Generals. Yeah, yeah, Haman and Mordechai go way back, way back. And they were both given a large sum of money to take care of the, bata- the battalions of soldiers. And unfortunately, in the first year, Haman squandered all the money. Gambling, he squandered. The soldiers Great. come to Haman, we need food. He has no food. They want to kill him. They might, he, he begs Mordechai. He tells Mordechai, lend me some money. When we get back to the thing, I'll pay you 100% interest. Mordechai says, the Chumash says you can't take interest from your brother. I come from Yankov. You come from Esau. You're my brother. I couldn't do that to you. Haman begs 10 times. I'll pay you a thousand percent interest mm-hmm. when we get mm-hmm. back to Persia. And uh, Mordechai said, the only way is if you sell yourself as a slave. And he did. 
and they wrote it on the shoe of Mordechai. They couldn't find the document, and they wrote. Now, here, here's very important. Haman wrote the document, the bill of sale, and Haman writes that I wanted to pay back 1,000% interest, but Mordechai said he can't take it because I'm his brother, and therefore I had no other choice but to sell myself. Now, Haman wrote that, which is important, because Mordechai bluffed, right? You're allowed to take ribas from a guy. The fact that Haman put that in the document, Haman was trying to say that this is really a, this whole sale, I was forced into it. But either way, he wrote this document. And whenever, years later, they come back to Persia, and Haman is elevated, richest man, mm -hmm. most important man in the kingdom. When he would walk pack Mordechai, Mordechai would just pick up his foot. <laughs> in fact, we have in the Targum, in number 14, it says clearly, look at number 14. This, this pasuk is said after the first... <coughs> The first meal that Esther <coughs> has with Achashverosh. What? This is Targum Sheni. No? The regular Targum. No, not, you know, not, 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 not Targum Sheni. It's already in the original Targum. And this is after the first feast that Esther, Achashverosh, and Haman have, the day before Haman gets killed. When a fuck Haman, Haman exited Melavas Malka from the king, on that day, Chadi, he was uh, happy, Ubedach Libi is in a great mood. The Kadchaza Haman, when he saw Mordechai, he asked Tafli, saw the kids are sick and they were involved in what's coming in Torah, in the Sanhedrin that Esther had made, Umordechai lokom in Kodem Androte, Mordechai did not stand from the image, Vlada Tatmine, and Mordechai was not uh, um, afraid, didn't shake, Elohein, rather, Poshat Yas Rigle Yimine, he stuck out his right foot, and he showed him the bottom, the sole of the foot, the shoe. Stars have been to the document, this that he sold him, for the food. The mikatu that was written, which means uh, the, the ankle or the sole of Mordechai's boot. So the Chsam Soifer says. He said he was his brother. Yeah. Wait, 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 no, wait, wait, no, 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 no. No, the way, wait, he bought him as an Evid. When you buy a guy as an Evid, he's an Evid Knani. Ah, he comes out. Says Sam Seifer, Mordechai gave him a bris. Says when, 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 Homer's like, I need the money. Mordechai's like, no problem, you'll be out of here in a half hour. <laughs> he gave him a bris. He dunked, he, he toveled him in the river. And Evid Knani is a quasi-Jew. is chayv and mitzvah like a woman. In fact, as a child, if Homer would have had to come to shul the Shabbos, if women have to come, then Haman has to come. Matt is coming. You know, he's coming. Oh. So the Chsam Seifer says, look back at number 12. Why were these people, they told Haman Mordechai's story to see will Mordechai's word stand because he told them that he was Jewish. That who was Jewish? Haman. Mordechai told these people, I should bow down. This guy's a Jew. How's he a Jew? He's my Evet. The Chsam Sovetas is a medrash that says that there were, in the times of the Churban, there were two women, uh, Zionist prostitutes, and the two of them were at each other's necks, and one of them told the other one, you look like a Jewess. And later on, the two women, they survive, and the woman says, I forgive you for everything you told me, except for the fact that I look like a Jew. We mentioned Jackie May, he always jokes about you know, Jewish women always trying to make themselves look like Goyim, right? The medrash says it was a big... To, even for for um, a non-from yid to be to go to carry the name Jew was offensive. Imagine calling a goy a Jew. He says when Mordechai told these people Haman's Jewish and Haman heard that he blew it. He blew it. You call him a Jew? Oh, so now that you know Haman had the halach of an Evid Knani, it's very simple. How did his kids? How did his kids be Megayer? 
the Raga Chava says, when Haman came back from this war, right, his Mordechai slave, he goes back to his wife, he has kids. The kids Haman had before were full on Amalekim, assuming it's from Amalek. But the future kids, he had watched Allah and Evet Kanani that lives with a Goyish woman. The kids have no relation to the Evet, they follow the mother. Haman's wife, Zeresh, was not Amalekim. She wasn't. Who was her father as a child? But she was Persian, assuming she was Persian. So the kids only follow the mother. So Haman's Enekluch, who ended up teaching Torah, come, their ancestor was one of Haman's kids that he had with his wife after he was an Evid Kanani. They don't follow the father. They're not Amalekim. They have no Amaleki blood. And that's why Haman's palace was Mutter. When you own the Evid Kanani, whatever the Evid Kanani owns, owns the Mordechai said, I already own this already in my house. Anyway, that's what the Chassam Sofer says, that Mordechai told him, this guy is a Jew. Haman was a Jew. All right. Yeah. Want to know my answer about the, Okay, yeah. all right. Well, if you want to know, Rabbi Tyrebaum asked, the mitzvah of destroying a Moloch, who does it, who is the mitzvah upon? There are three opinions. Some hold this only on the king. The Ramban, the Uraim, the, the Rish and the Uraim, they both hold this only on the king. That's why Shmuel gave the message to Shaul. That's why in Bishalach Moshe tells Yeshua, it's always on the king. It's a mitzvah on the king to destroy a Moloch. The army, we just help the king do his mitzvah. <coughs> just like the mitzvah of Hakel mm-hmm. is a mitzvah on the king. That's why the Rebbe, as, his pers- pers- you know, as, as a leader, as a leader, it's his personal mitzvah, it's personal mitzvah. Anyhow, that's what the Ramban and the Uraim hold. The Rambam writes and says for a mitzvah, it's on the community. The community as a whole. It's not in any particular person, it's a community as a whole. The Sefer HaChinuch said this on each individual. If you look back at number two, he actually writes, in number two, in the fifth line, he says, Ube'emes, in truth, says the Sefer HaChinuch, Gam al-Kol Yochid, on every individual from the Yidin, the men, Hashorim, there's a chiv to destroy them. And look what he says in the next line. He says, if you're walking down a dark alley, you see Amaleki, and you don't kill him, you would just mavat al or over. You're over, but it's a it's a it's a mitzvah, mitzvah say. So you, you 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 transgress it passively. Right. Now many hold is talking about when it's a time of war. You know, it's not <coughs> when it's a time of war, but he holds us on each individual. So the Sefer Achinuch holds each individual. Rambam. The Rambam holds the community. And the Rambam. Uraim, Rambam holds it on the king. Now, the Rogat Shover writes in his commentary on Chumash in a one-liner that no matter who the mitzvah is on. The mitzvah only applies when there is a king. Only applies when? When there is a king. So it's on everybody? Whether it's the king's mitzvah or the community or the yachin, it's only when there is a king. How does he know that? There's a few Gemaras. One of them is a Gemara in Sanhedrin. In fact, the Chinuch quotes in number two. The Gemara says three mitzvahs the Yidin were commanded when they entered Eretz Yisrael. You have to appoint a king, destroy a Moloch and build the base on Mikdash. The order here is actually uh, incorrect. It's a, mist- it's a uh, printer's mistake. But the order is king, destroy a Moloch, base on Mikdash. Like they did. They First they made Shaul a king, then you destroy a Moloch, and then David finishes that off, and then Shloyma builds it. So the Rogat Shavu says, ah, so what do you see? In order to build, in order to destroy a Moloch, you need to have a king. Whoever the mitzvah is on, you definitely need to have a king. Now, when Haman was killed, the Yidin had no king. 
They had no kink. There was no king. The Yidden were in Perth. There was no king. Because there was no king, according to the Ragat Shava, the war, the war doesn't apply. And therefore, Abena Bechayah's halacha, that you can't benefit from the possessions, doesn't apply. When they, but a few months later, in Chofki Mosiv, when they sent out the second letters to allow them to defend themselves for the following Adar, mm-hmm. it says, <laughs> He was wearing the fancy clothes. And... It says in Medrash Rabbah, Omer Pinchas, Mordechai minted coins, him on one side, Esther on the other. It says Mordechai became a king. Mordechai Molachala Yehudim. Mordechai was appointed by Ahasuerus to be the king of all the Jews. So he was halachically a king. So therefore, so there, Mordechai Molach, Rapinchas is Lashen. Mordechai Molachala Yehudim. So it's not a double answer, but an answer. No, so they, no, no, not a double answer. So therefore, when when Adar came and they right. killed, they have a king. So then the war sets in, in and because the war sets in, they can't have benefits. That's another answer to that thing. Yeah, All right. Than, uh, so what's so, uh, that's not a... Yeah, yeah that's not so. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that one. Right. 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 That was actually pretty yeah. solid. Listen, when I leave, you'll say what you really think. <laughs> no. no, that one's actually pretty well-founded. Yeah, this was uh, pretty was simple. Yeah, yeah it is. No king. Yeah. The, the, what was it? The briskers. Yeah. The briskers said it's a similar thing. It has to, the that war has ball. to be. No, the, he says well, the yeah. war has to be has commissioned to be by another king. By another, by another. How he got that? That's a dirty thing. How he got that? He says it's the story of Shmuel and uh, and Shaul. Why did Shaul have to wait? If Shaul has a mitzvah as a king to serve mothers, why was he waiting till Shmuel? The war. She begged. She begged. Yeah, yeah. The Gemara Megillah counts seven women as that prophecy. Esther's one of them. It's like an incredible thing. Listen. I just saw this from the Vilna Gaon the other day, unbelievable. I told Rabbi Shakira and he loves it. You know, yeah. <laughs> the, the, it's incredible, it's a very thought-provoking. He says it in one line in his commentary. The Gemash willingly, to I forgot last year, no, but she was expecting to spend the night with him willingly, and at that point she would become forbidden to continue living with Mordechai, because right. she would be doing adultery. She's allowed to, to save the Yidin, but... Since it's adati, adati, I'm going to be lost from you forever. Right, right, right. When she said the Vulnagom, when she went in that night, Tachashvedish, for that day, she was the most broken she ever was. The first time she's going in unsummoned, she's going Tachashvedish. Which means she's going to be also to Mardachai. She was completely broken. It was the first time the Shechin ever rested upon her. First time. That was when, the first time. It's very much like Tanya. The Vulnagon says that, that, that until a person is broken, they're not a receptacle for God. Just learned that in Tanya not too long. She thought this was the lowest point of her life. She said, now I'm lost forever. That was the first time that she actually had the Abish arrest upon her. Incredible. Uh, incredible Didn't we just learn something like that in Tanya? We just covered that in Tanya about being broken. broken yeah. And yeah, all the way Yeah, yeah, we're up to Lamed Bay now, not right. too long ago. Right. Got to break the. Anyways, okay. So this is some of the interesting. Uh, I have a new appreciation of, the, of uh, this week. Haman <laughs> No, no, no. No, he said he said a simple proof. Halacha. When it comes to Yibum, Reuven's married to Leah, right? And Reuven dies childless. So Leah has a mitzvah to marry Reuven's brother Shimon. 
And the Torah says in Pajaki said, say, why should he do it? Shimon should marry his sister-in-law in order that if they have a boy, to that will perpetuate the law that the first guy's name shouldn't be erased. <laughs> what if the first guy was an Apikairis? Many were showing him hold the mitzvah of Yidim still applies. It still applies. If the brother dies, right. should, uh, why? <laughs> because God wants you to perpetuate his name. The law the name shouldn't be erased. He learned some names by a Yid. So by Shabside Sridas, you know, people use them. What about the fact that you can do chalitza and no, you are Who are you, Udi? The Chassam Sefer says he was, uh, he's not the only one, there's a few people that learned Yeah, that but way. if you don't do Yibam, then you, you are erasing his name. Was a Jew. What? If you don't do Yibam, then you are erasing his name. So in the Klaat Haman, that's where... Yes, and this, are you saying Bechlal? The Abish gives you a choice. The Abish is not never going to force you to marry a specific woman. You know, you don't have to marry your sister. The fact that the mitzvah applies to God, the Abishta wants his name to stay. The words in the Kumishavah, Lo Yemach, shouldn't be. So how can you say Yemach Shemoy? Now, some are showing him hold there is no mitzvah of Yibum there. It's a debate. With that hold that there is. It's Minigi Israel, the clap part. Oh, so how can you clap on that? That's the thing. The guy's name. Yeah, yeah. That's Ben Ben. No, I never heard that. Say. He can't say. Of course not. Benji well, can't say in the process. Yeah. 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 That's, that's taking it. That's Benji Korf's uh, father-in-law was a big mischievous. It was in Rabbi Korf's virulent anti days. So when he was getting, he had a bar mitzvah here in the tent. His bar mitzvah. It was his. Ah, I'll never forget it in my life. I'll never forget it in my life. I was there. It was the most brilliant thing. So he did, it was, like a, it was like a Mark Antony moment in Shakespeare's uh, Caesar. So he told a story, in the story, yeah. in the story, the Mishachist was saying this stuff. I'm not talking about me, I'm not saying it. He told the whole story, a whole day. And Ray Korf couldn't do anything to him. He didn't do something. He didn't, the, he didn't say. Uh, he did. He was supporting. He, he, he did. He was supporting. He passed him a note after. He was, I'm not saying Yeah, no, no, no. I'm not telling you Brutus, but then, I was sitting is there. Man. He passed him a note after. He said, passed. Brilliant. <laughs> <Really? laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. So, Maisel the Poyal, was he Jewish or not? He was definitely Jewish from the from the Evid Ivri. Uh, only if he did a Bismillah. No, but not a well, Bismillah, but only if he released sure it. No, 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 no. We just you become a chatsi. But yeah, but not but fully until you get chatsi. released. Chatsi. Never, no fully. What? You're not a full Jew right? unless you get released. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But you still have the mitzvah. You still, of a woman. yeah, you have a chatsi. The ultimate revenge of Mordechai would be to release him before he died and then make him a full Jew. Within the year, he's supposed to be freed. Yeah, we just learned that in the Rambam. He doesn't get a prison within the year of him. He has to be freed. About well, I just you have, you have bad intentions. No, we learned it not too long ago. You guys are not so far behind us because we're uh, we're gonna merge up soon. It's over soon. Yeah, yeah, we're in like the second or last big long book. I'm telling you, have to be in the last book or close to the end of the last. Close to the end because we're gonna finish soon. We just started the second to last book. We're merging soon. We're merging soon. No, we merge at the end. No, we 